Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I hope you guys can hear me okay. Let me know if you can hear me okay. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and today I want to talk to you guys about whether or not we're going to have a depression and whether or not your money is safe in the bank. A lot of you have been asking me about this. Uh, my mother, my beloved mother, who's actually sitting next to me today, uh, was asking me about this. So I thought I would answer that question for you and kind of give you some breakdowns on this. So uh, take a second, uh, hit the thumbs up button, get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's theblackfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor. On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about black wealth and black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under the B1 condition. B1 means we're black first. Black first means we care about black wealth. We're closing the racial wealth gap. We're educating our kids. We're making our community better. Uh, if you agree with this philosophy, put a B1 in the chat, put a B1 in there. Also, let me know if you can hear me, if you could help me with do a quick audio check to make sure I'm coming through okay. Uh, Max Jerome, I see you. Shout out the city that you're from. Uh, Janet Jenkins says, no, it's not safe in the banks. Uh, that's an interesting uh, interesting comment. Okay, I'm gonna address that. Uh, let me know if you can hear me. Give me a yes if you can hear me uh, so I can know that I'm coming through all right and we can go ahead and get the party started. Uh, and so, okay, Malik, uh, Malika Muhammad, thank you. Gerald and Virgil and Apartum. And uh, who else do I see? Marquez, Boosie, good to see you. Uh, Street Diamond, uh, Dallas here. All right, Moreno Valley, I see, I see you, Charles. Antoine Brown, uh, Wadia, good to see you. And L'Oreal in, in Louisiana, that's a beautiful name. All right, so let's get started. Let's get it cracking. Okay, so um, how many of you uh, are a little bit nervous about the banks and whether or not your money's safe? How many of you have sort of sat around and wondered what's going to happen next? When's the other shoe going to drop? with this whole banking situation. Um, you've seen some uh, interesting bank collapses, which uh, should concern you. That should certainly concern you. Uh, you saw the collapse. I'm, I'm going to try to name as many of the banks as I can. I probably won't be able to name them all. Uh, but you had um, uh, very early, uh, you had uh, Silvergate Bank. Silvergate was the crypto-friendly bank. They, they collapsed because of the crypto industry. Then you had um, Silicon Valley Bank, which is in Silicon Valley, obviously. Uh, you had Signature Bank in New York, so it's funny, they all started with S, so it's like SSS. And then you have um, another bank that had to be saved. I just saw a commercial for Republic Bank. Republic Bank had to be saved, uh, where a bunch of big banks deposited $30 billion in that bank as a show of confidence. And then uh, more recently, you had uh, Credit Suisse, which is a large international lender, which showed some significant... Uh, financial turmoil and problems. So, so you've got an issue here, right? You've got an issue with the banks um, in, in terms of people wondering if their money is safe. So what I'm going to do is give you a quick overview on some of this. Um, and I'm actually going to answer it based on some of the questions I've seen you have, as well as some of the things even my mother brought to my attention. My mother asked me about uh, keeping money in a regional bank. Should you keep the money in the regional bank? Should you switch banks to a big national bank? Uh, because as, as um, you might have seen, if you go to my Instagram, my Instagram is The Real Boyce Watkins. Uh, on The Real Boyce Watkins, I just posted, go to my website and you'll see a video from Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen, they were asking her basically, you know, are depositors in small banks safe? He said, you know, in the regional banks, in the small local banks, the community banks, the credit unions, are those depositors safe? Because basically what they did was uh, they engaged, when they stayed Silicon Valley Bank, I saw that as an example of uh, you might want to, if you want to call it white privilege, you want, you can, but really it's more like rich people privilege. Um, I feel like they saved Silicon Valley Bank because they had to, and they felt that it was, uh, yeah, it could be crippling for the economic system. But more importantly, remember, a lot of the people that had their money in Silicon Valley Bank were billionaires. 
a lot of people that have their money in Silicon Valley Bank were people like Peter Thiel, a billionaire who had $50 million in that bank. Now, give me a yes or no. Give me a yes or no if you agree with this statement. How many of y'all think that there's a chance that some of these uh, crypto, some of these uh, very wealthy startup billionaire uh, millionaires in Silicon Valley didn't call some of their friends on Capitol Hill? How many of y'all think that they, there's a chance that they made a couple phone calls, that they got on the phone with the Treasury Secretary, that they talked to uh, their local politicians, that they, they reached out to uh, people in the federal government to get that bailout? How many of y'all think that they lobbied for what they wanted? You know, I, I mean, seriously, give me a guess if you agree, if you understand what I'm saying. There's a revolving door. There's a revolving door between government officials and those who end up running the big banks, those who end up running some of these uh, venture capital funds. Uh, there's a revolving door between people that um, establish the regulations and are literally sitting on the boards of banks, you know, two two months after they leave their government post. But, uh, uh, Frank, I think it's uh, Barney Frank, I think that's his name, who created the Dodd-Frank Act. The Dodd-Frank Act is one of the most um, significant and impactful pieces of banking legislation in the last 50 years, so I, I would say. And uh, Barney Frank was on the board of one of the banks that literally was failing. I, I want to say it was Signature Bank. I'm not kidding. Like literally, you you, you literally have, you know, these are these are it's like it's like when my daddy was a cop and a cop would go and become a security guard after he retired from the police force. You don't think that security guard still's got it still has friends he can call on the police force? You know, if, if a cop leaves the the department and becomes a private detective, you don't think there's a benefit to having a private detective that used to be a cop? You don't think he has connections in the police department? Well, the same thing is true there. You have people that were in the government version of the police department, people that were politicians that eventually went and they work for these banks. They become, they get on the board or whatever. And then these banks start struggling or they need a bailout. Well, guess what? They call, they go in their office and say, hey, Barney, we need you. We need your help now. We need, we need to call in the favor that we're paying you for. So do you have any contacts at the treasury department? Barney says, yeah, absolutely. I know so-and-so, this person, this person, this person. They get on the phone and then they say, we need a bailout. So next thing you know, uh, certain banks get bailed out, certain banks don't. Uh, and, and this is the hypocrisy of capitalism. This is why I'm not a capitalist. I'm not a socialist, I'm not a Marxist, I'm not a communist, but I'm not a hardcore capitalist because I understand that anybody who acts like capitalism, libertarian, egalitarian framework where everybody just you know picks themselves up by their bootstraps and, and gets rewarded based on merit, you're full of crap. You're absolutely full of crap. The same people who uh, talk bad about bailing out and supporting other parts of society, the same people who claim that they, the government can't afford to pay black people reparations, the same ones who talk about how their, their immigrant granddaddy came from Italy in 1908 and they built the great business and if, if they did it, black people can do it too. Those same people are the ones who go and ask for these bailouts. This ain't capitalism. This, this is the hypocrisy of Americanized capitalism. So let me make sure I'm clear about this. I agree with you, Marnie. This is not capitalism, right? Capitalism is you fail, you messed up, you fail. You messed up, you, you, you experienced the consequences. You, you know, capitalism is, oh, well, sorry, I guess you shouldn't have took that risk, right? That's capitalism. So let's just be clear, you're right. That is, that, that is elitism, uh, that is Americanized capitalism. You know, it reminds me of like when I went to China and I was in China. I taught uh, finance in China years ago. I taught uh, Chinese students. They were the best students I ever had. I loved teaching those students. And I learned a lot about poweronomics, how poweronomics is done in China. They, they operate in groups. Uh, so they have a communist version of capitalism, which is the perfect kind of capitalism because they take the ideas, best ideas from both worlds. They engage in group economics like Dr. Claude Anderson teaches you all about. 
Uh, but at the same time, they go out and they make their money. And when I was in China, you know, I, I remember just kind of observing. Um, I remember I came back from China. My friend said, what, what, what did you miss about being in the United States? You know what I said? It sounds, it's going to sound crazy when I say it, but it's true. I said, when I was in China, I couldn't find a single ch good Chinese restaurant. I couldn't find it. Now think about this. How, could, how in the world is it that I went to China and I'm in China for all that time and they pay me a boatload of money to teach that class and teach those students in China? I was there the entire time and I said, I couldn't find a single Chinese restaurant in China that I enjoyed. Well, it's because I wasn't really, I thought that I was used to um, Chinese food. I thought that I'd been eating Chinese food my whole life, but I wasn't eating Chinese food. I was eating an Americanized version of Chinese food. I wasn't eating the food that, that people eat in China. I was eating the Chinese food they serve in China. I was eating that crappy food that they serve in the hood that's got the, the sugar and the salt and the MSG and all the other crap in it. You know what I'm talking about? When you eat that like General Zoe's chicken and it tastes like candy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Or orange chicken just like tastes like a bag of Skittles, right? <laughs> that ain't Chinese food, right? That's But they make you think it's Chinese food because they want you to feel like you're getting the Chinese experience because they know that Americans are fat people that like to eat sugary, fatty, salty food, right? So what is my point on this? My point is to say that I agree with you, Marty. This ain't capitalism. This is people, this is almost like the hip hop version. You know, they talk about studio gangsters, the guys that are that are real tough in the studio. They real tough and they're making a record. They'll rap all day about killing somebody. But when it really comes time to actually uh, put in work or bust a gun or really get into a serious situation, they start running. You know what I'm talking about? Like, so this, these, a lot of Americanized capitalists uh, the ones who use the strongest rhetoric, they're basically just the economic version of studio gangsters. They will tell you, they'll talk all this big talk about how we don't need no government. We need to get rid of red, leg, legislation gets in the way of everything. You need to stop regulating the bankers. You need the banks to be free to operate as they choose, right? So they want to be free. They want uh, a libertarian economy when they're doing well, but then suddenly they become Marxist, socialist, and communist when they're not doing well. So that creates what in, uh, in, in, in financial theory, when I was in my doctoral program, we talked about this, they called this the Fed put. The Fed put is basically this idea that, that you can take as many risks as you want, you can gunsling as much as you want, you can roll the dice as much as you want with the economy, you can roll the dice with people's jobs, you can roll the dice with, uh, with the real estate market, you can roll the dice with everybody else's economic stability because you're, you're a rich white boy on Wall Street, so of course you get that privilege, but when times get rough, when things go bad, daddy government's going to come bail you out. You can call your friends down the hall who used to work at the Treasury, and they will make a call and get the government to write a billion, $10 billion, $100 billion check to get your bank out of trouble. All right, so let me keep, I'm going to keep going, guys. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Share, subscribe. Uh, also, Omawala is asking, are you sending out friend requests? No, that is not me. That is a fake voice, Watkins. I don't know who that is. I, I don't know if they have um, AI doing this or not, but a lot of you might get fake friend requests from me and think you're having a direct conversation with me. I promise you it's not me. I'm sitting there kicking it with my mama. I'm talking to my mama. I can't be out talking to everybody else if I'm talking to my mama. So please, 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 if you see an account like that, please report them. Uh, also, <clears throat> um, my new book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It is available on Amazon. Uh, it is number one on the Amazon bestsellers list in the public finance category. I'm also going to do a book signing and a full two-day Black Wealth Boot Camp Get Off the Corporate Plantation training in Houston on April 21st. So if you'd like to either take a look at the book 
or join us in Houston and meet me in person in Houston and talk to me directly in Houston. Uh, you can fly in on in April. Uh, you can go to boycewatkins.com, boycewatkins.com. There's also a free list of AI stocks that I really love. AI is big. Uh, I encourage you to consider investing in AI now uh, because in the future it's going to explode and I don't want you to miss that opportunity. Okay, so all that's at my website, boycewatkins.com. Now back to the lecture at hand, as uh, Snoop Dogg used to say. Um, so so a, a big question, is your money safe in the bank? Let me say this, <clears throat> in her government testimony, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, basically says, no, your money generally is not safe in the smaller community banks and regional banks. But I need you, but, but don't but don't don't scratch the needle off the record yet. I don't need you to walk away from the conversation yet because you need to hear the whole conversation. Okay. Um, so so what basically Yellen said is exactly what I explained to you. That there is a they they claim that it's a case by case basis on which banks they're gonna bail out. She said, we use a measure to determine if there's a chance of financial contagion, meaning what are the chances that this bank failure could undermine the structural stability of the entire economic system? If the answer is yes, we bail them out. If the answer is no, then we let them die. Okay, that's what they say. That's the official answer. That's the answer they give on TV. Let me give you the real answer as well. The other answer is it's about cronyism. It's really who, which bank hired the most former government officials which banks have the most government connections and buddies in, in the Treasury Department that can plead their case and get their bank saved? That's what happened with Silicon Valley Bank. They, I, I, I personally think <clears throat> the only thing special about that bank is that a lot of their depositors were millionaire and billionaire uh, BC investors in Silicon Valley. They have a lot of political influence. They pay for that. They pay for these elections. That's how they get the preferential treatment. Now, here's the other piece of that, though. Janet Yellen did basically confess that regional banks don't have the same protection as the big banks. That's what she said. That is true. But I need to ask you a question. Give me a yes in the chat if your deposit in your bank is less than a quarter million dollars. Give me a yes if you have in the bank, in your savings account, let, or CDs or whatever, less than a quarter million dollars. Everybody with less than a quarter million dollars in the bank put a yes in the chat. If you have more than a quarter million dollars in the bank, put a no. Give me a yes. Now, why am I asking you this question? I'm asking this question because ever since the, the Great Depression, there has been something that you all probably know about called FDIC insurance. That means that your deposit is protected if you have less than a quarter million dollars in the regional bank. So, so honestly, as a person who tends to root for the little guy, I hate the idea that all this fear, uncertainty, and doubt is being thrust upon the smaller regional banks and that the bigger banks are allowed to benefit. I'm not a fan of the big corporate behemoths. <clears throat> I'm not a fan of how they do business. I'm not a fan of the, of the preferences they have toward rich people. So I like the credit union. I like the local regional bank. I like the community bank that's going to help you get the money for your house. I like the banks that are local that you can form a relationship with. We need those banks. So what I don't want to see is for somebody who's got, you know, $8,000 in the bank to pull their money out because they think it's not safe. No, your 8,000 is safe. Your 8,000 is safe. Now, if you got your money in crypto, no, that's not safe. If you have a bunch of stocks, no, that's not safe. There's no guarantee for the stocks that you own. Okay. Uh, and if you have, you know, $1.8 million in the bank, no, then uh, approximately 
uh, $5.5 million of your money is not protected by FDIC insurance if it's at a smaller regional bank. So what you do is either you move your money over to the, one of the big boys, uh, maybe you put your money in gold, some of it, not all of it. Don't go putting all your assets in gold, but gold is a good investment, especially during tough economic times. Maybe you put some of your money in real estate. Maybe you spread your money out amongst multiple banks. Uh, maybe you put your money, uh, you know, some of your money in a smaller bank, some of your money in a bigger bank, right? If you're if you're balling like that, if you got a couple million in the bank, yeah, you probably want to spread your money out because, as you know, in the Black Business School, the the fourth rule, the fourth Doctor Boyce rule of wealth accumulation is protecting what you have. And one of the biggest things you must do to protect what you have is that you must diversify. Even Pablo Escobar, the great drug dealer of Colombia in Medellin back in the 80s, didn't put all his money in one location. He had his money buried in multiple locations. So you got to bury your bread in different spaces. Do not put all your money in one place because then, you know, then somebody could just hit one location and take everything you got. That's not smart investing. Okay. So, so I don't think that all the panic is necessarily warranted. I think we got to be careful about balancing between reality and fear. Um, is Could there be another Great Depression from this? Yeah, bank runs are serious. You don't want to overlook bank runs. Absolutely not. But I see a Federal Reserve that um, has a lot of problems in terms of restoring confidence in the banking system. I think they're going to continue to do things that restore that confidence. And if they do that successfully, that could be a great opportunity for those of you that ain't scared to keep investing and making financial moves during a pretty dark time. Uh, you know, Warren Buffett tells you all the time about how it's important to be uh, greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Right now, everybody's fearful. This is the time for you to go get your bag. Don't, don't sit in the corner crying like a little, little baby scared to death. No, just make your moves, protect yourself. And keep on going. It's, this is not the end of the world. Corporations are still making money hand over fist. And for every downturn and every problem, there's an, uh, there are awesome opportunities. Uh, AI is, is taking off and, and transforming the world in terms of productivity. Uh, you know, the Silicon Valley struggle, maybe that's disinflationary enough to get rid of the inflation problem. So then the Federal Reserve actually stops hiking interest rates and they start lowering interest rates. That's going to boom, lead to a boom in the stock market. So, so I'm not saying that there are no problems. There's always going to be a boogeyman in the corner. There's always going to be some guy on the internet trying to sell you some book to tell you that the world is coming to an end and that you need to get, you know, just buy buy a bunch of crypto and get your money in gold and, and get out of the financial system because it's going to collapse. They've been writing those books for over 100 years. It ain't happened yet. So, so, so balance your uh, concerns by not engaging in full-blown panic. If you, if you panic, that's how you lose your money. So if you have a deposit of less than a quarter million, your money is safe in these banks. Don't let people convince you otherwise, because that's simply not true. All right. So I hope this was helpful. Give me a yes in the chat if you get what I'm saying. Give me a yes if you understand where I'm coming from. You don't have to agree, but this is what I'm seeing. I'm going to keep monitoring the situation as things evolve. I will let you know. So please make sure you, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do that. If you haven't hit the notification bell, please do that. And you may have to just keep coming back to the channel because I don't know. I think they've shadow banned black channels or something because because I, I know I have so many subscribers and it's so weird that a lot of you don't get the notification. So uh, another way for you to be notified in case they don't notify you is you can actually text the word voice to 31996, text voice to 31996. And periodically, about once or twice a week, I'll shoot you a text. Uh, to let you know when I'm live so you can pop in and join the conversation. 
And uh, last but not least, uh, we have financial workbooks for children. Uh, if you want to train your kids on economics, so feel free to go to financialworkbooks.com. We cover every grade band. It's very important that you get your child set up now, get them ready for the future. I talked to a 20-year-old young man today, and I said, you're going to have kids one day? He said, yes. I said, do you love your kids? He said, yes. I said, do you want your kids to be proud of you? He said, yes. I said, if, if all those things are true, then you need to start investing now so that your children in 30 years or 40 years, uh, when they become adults, are going to have wealth. Right now, the greatest asset you have in your life is probably this asset called time. God created it in a decent amount of abundance for you. I encourage you to invest it properly. So things like financial workbooks, the, the, if you go to that website, you can take a look. This puts those ideas into your child's head early so that they're not in the middle of the economic struggle. No black child in America should have to ever work for anybody if they don't want to. If they have parents that make a plan for them, they don't have to work for anybody. I guarantee you this, and this is not me trying to make you feel good. This is not me giving you a rah-rah speech. This is based on the fact that I'm an expert in economic theory. The problem, the reason that a lot of us don't have wealth is because somebody wasted your time. They didn't just waste your money. They wasted, they wasted your time. Don't you make that mistake. Keep investing. Be consistent. Your kids are going to be in, a, in good shape. So financialworkbooks.com is where you can go take a look. And, of course, you guys know my website is boycewalkins.com. That's where my new book is, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, as well as the Black Wealth Boot Camp that we're having in Houston. So uh, we, if you come to the boot camp, bring your whole family. It's very family friendly. So have a good day, everybody. God bless you. Thank you for listening. And this is a fun episode to do because I was sitting here. The reason I'm on audio instead of video is because I'm sitting here talking next to my mama. And let me tell you, I love my mama very much. She poured into me when I was a little kid. She protected me from all them teachers that wanted to put me on Ridland. She actually put kept them from putting me in special education. She saw things in me that I did not see in myself. So shout out to all the mamas and the daddies that are doing it for your kids. Believing in your children. God bless you. And I also want to give a shout out to my beloved uh, late grandmother, Felicia, who poured into her. And she also was the first person to teach me about economics and financial literacy. So we named our Panther in the Black Business School. Our Panther's name is Felicia. So if you can help me honor my grandma right now for what she threw, poured into me by typing the word Felicia in the chat, F-E-L-I-C-I-A. Everybody type Felicia in the, in the chat. And uh, I'm about to hang up because I'm getting emotional because every time I talk about Mama, she comes back into the room and then I start feeling it. So I'm going to hang up before I sound like a little baby and start crying over my grandma because I just love her so much. So shout out to all the grandmas and, and grandfathers that are doing it for your kids. I guarantee your efforts will not be in vain. Keep pouring into them. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Your children will, will benefit and they will thank you for many, many years to come. So God bless you guys. Have a good night. And thank you all for listening. And I'll check in with you a little bit later. I'll talk to you soon. Take care now. Peace.